Hey y'all, welcome to On The Way Home, where I share intimate conversations, stories, and scenes from my everyday life here in Oman. Do you ever think of the things that used to cause you anxiety and laugh about it now that you're on the other side of it? I certainly do. And one of those things is my hair. I know, I know, it might sound superficial, but honestly, how we present aesthetically is something that matters. As I was preparing for my move to Muscat, I had a long list of logistics to account for, which ranged from preparing to join a new work environment to getting my driver's license. On that list was finding a hairstylist that can trim my growing afro without suggesting to straighten it first or forcefully try to sell me a chemical relaxing treatment. This is where social media and this episode's guest came to the rescue. I don't know when and how I came across Besma's Instagram account, but I was happy to see someone who has a similar hair type to mine, just because at that point of my time in Muscat, I tended to be the only person with my hair texture, styling it as I do, in the spaces I navigated daily. So I didn't have many people I felt comfortable or trusted enough to ask for a hairstylist or a salon recommendation till I came across her account, which featured a lot of beauty and lifestyle content. I confidently assumed I'm not the first one who approached her about this. And I was right. All the time. All the time. I feel like at this point, I have saved replies. Like I would I would make sure that I give you all the information. I do not, I do not like gatekeeping when it comes to hair. Because mm-hmm. it's really hard for a, you know, a curly-headed girl mm-hmm. to get her hair done. And I'm like, I want each and every one of you to feel special. Besma is someone who takes after her name. She's a smiley person with a friendly and approachable demeanor. Mind you, I don't know Besma personally, so I was open to the possibility that she might not respond to my messages since she has over 2,500 followers. So I was pleasantly surprised when she did respond. She told me that engaging with her audience is something that she's keen about in general, especially since it's not uncommon for her to run into people who follow her on social media. Thank God, like, I know each and every follower. Like, I would go to their page if it's public. Mm-hmm. And I'll try my best to re- remember them. Because mm-hmm. I did get approached by people that I wouldn't recognize. And I tried to remember them so that I just... I like I like when I go to someone that I follow on social media. They're like, oh, you're best man. I'm like, you know I exist? You know? I love that feeling. Mm-hmm. And I love to give that love back. So... I feel like people perceive me as the friend, but in person, I'm friendly, but like, I agree. you know, watch, watch yourself when you talk to me. Like, don't be too friendly. Like some people would take, take, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like they'd be like, hey, they would invade my personal space. And I'm like, hey, I don't know you. Don't, don't, don't hug me. You can say hi. You can ask me at least, mm-hmm. you know, and um but overall, I feel like I have a, like the presence of myself on social media and in person. It's a good one. I always like have really good conversations with, um, with the people who support me. And I'm glad to bring one of those conversations here on the show, especially because my hair wasn't something I always felt comfortable talking about or knew how to talk about it here in the context of Oman. Prior to inviting Basma to the studio, I went through our chats and noticed that most of our conversations were actually about hair. After a couple of really bad haircuts, I promised myself that if I got one more bad haircut, I will shave my head again and keep a buzz cut till further notice. 
Thanks to Basma and a couple of other friends who didn't shy away from sharing resources and recommendations, I didn't leave the salon with suppressed tears, nor did I fulfill the promise I made to myself. I got to keep my hair as I wanted and found a reliable stylist to help me take care of it. My hair is a prominent feature of mine, but I wasn't used to it being something that brought so much attention to me. Before Masqat, I spent many years in the US where my hair was a normal everyday look. After settling here, I was confronted by a lot of looks and stares wherever I went, which was overwhelming at the beginning, but I got used to it over time. I was curious to know if and how Basma deals with this type of attention. I feel like ever since I started my journey, I did. But I'm so like, um, I would say delusional, delusional. To, the whole, to the whole process. <laughs> like people will be staring at me and my sister would yeah. notice. She's like, oh my God, people are people staring. Are looking. I'm like, where? <laughs> where? And I'm not wearing my glasses. So that, that didn't help. Like, that helps. Yeah. Yep. I'm like if I don't see it, it's not my problem. Like, okay, you're staring and, you know. I'm very familiar with the delusional strategy. Mostly because I'm not sure how to engage with this attention. The best thing I can do is normalize the appearance of my hair and simply brush it off. I know one thing for a fact as someone who is from Oman. People are not used to seeing girls with curly hair. Straight hair was the normal hairdo and continues to be to some extent. While the culture around hair changed a lot over the past few years thanks to social media, it didn't erase the influence of the years before it. So, I totally understand why our hair is such a notable feature in us at this time, whether we like it or not. Growing up, my hair was straightened and chemically relaxed all the time. When I got older, I refused to go through the motions of straightening my hair, but I didn't know what to do with it. I just kept it tied up all the time. I didn't see any examples around me of what my hair could look like. And to my surprise, turns out that Besma and I had very similar hair experiences despite growing up in different areas. Um, there wasn't a lot of representation in terms of curly hair. I would say straight hair was the thing. Like, it was so funny. Tell me why. They would straighten my hair, mm-hmm. and then there was this curling iron where they put it in the fire, and they would curl the straight hair. Why are you doing this? <laughs> we could have just used water. <laughs> it, was, it was so scary. I remember one girl got burnt. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> it was the salon. I, I would not say, <laughs> but it was that salon. You already know what it is. I swear to God, it was so scary. Like, you're, see, giving, you're giving me flashbacks. Literally, literally, I saw that girl. She got oh, no. burnt, and then the stylist was like, "You're next." I looked at her like I looked at my sister like, "You go first And like, "No, no, 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 no." The thing is, when you're the youngest one in the family, um. Can I say this? It's an Arabic word. Yeah, go like, ahead. Yeah, you know, like yeah. it's me. It's me. It's every time when they see something scary or anything, they'll be like, "Miss, go first. <laughs> I gotta be the brave one. I gotta do it for my family and for your friend." Apparently, later on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and it was it was hard, <laughs> but I made it. They didn't burn me. They burned my other sister. I don't care. Karma. I did it. I did what I had to do. <laughs> and this time, like, oh. I would call it the French poodle style. Oh no, I know what you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I see or it's it. like those dolls, you know, with the curls and yeah. oh. And then they would like, oh, for volume, let's brush it. They put water in my hair. Just put water. Why? What? It, you know, it's like psychologically, 
just ruining everything. <laughs> like, I don't know what you're doing, but okay, sure, you know. But uh, that was, I think, I think the only representation <laughs> of how they like curly hair. They like the 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 soft, the big ones, you know. Mm-hmm. They don't like the tight curls, like the two B mm-hmm. type, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was hard for them. And even navigating through my curly hair, I just left it open. Like I didn't understand what to do. I didn't like, like ha- doing ponytails. And I always like the beginning of my. Oh, this is so cringy. But <laughs> the, the first years or year of uh, doing my hair, uh, my curly hair, during my curly hair journey, I would have it defined all the time. Like I love defined curls, mm-hmm. no frizzes. That looks weird i don't understand i feel like right now i'm in a phase where i love volume Mm -hmm. like little to no definition is fine with me you know like i love combed out hair the flashbacks i got during this conversation were pretty vivid and made me laugh a lot even after this interview because i'm at a point where i know how and what to do for my hair those past salon experiences felt so distant I almost forgot all about my pre-U.S. salon experiences. And then I almost forgot about all the pressure and obsession with straight hair till I talked to Besma. And as is the case with a decent number of girls I talked to, Besma was yet another person who started a curly hair journey because we didn't grow up with the culture, knowledge, or resources to groom it properly. At least that's how I think of it. So keeping our similarities and differences in mind, I wanted to know more about her journey. I stopped heat. That was the first thing. Like, just stopping heat mm-hmm. from my hair. And I was like, let me just leave it as it is. It was damaged. It was it was just damaged soft hair. <laughs> and I was like, curls <laughs> popping. Come on now. And I would go to it and be like, yes, this is my hair. You know, at, at that time, soft curls were like a thing. Not mm-hmm. now. Not the curls that I have. If, I, if these curls were out... Back in those days, mm-hmm. it would be hard for me. But it was it was that at first. And I remember whenever I go to any wedding, mm-hmm. they'd be like, ah, the African one arrived. And I'm like, why do you call me that? <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's the confusion of I am. <laughs> but do you understand why they're saying that? I mean, because I look like I'm from there, not here, you know? Mm. And I'm like... But I'm half there. But it, it, for me, it doesn't make sense, you know? Yeah, because most there's a lot of mixed people in Oman. Like, yeah. a lot of us are, like, visibly have mm-hmm. some Africanness yeah. to varying degrees in us. I feel like it's a low-key cringe for me. Whenever someone says that, I'm like, you know, you know it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> As I was editing this episode, I realized that Basma and I kind of started our hair journey at the same time. The digital natural hair movement had a decent archive of curly hair tutorials on YouTube, and that was our main source of information back then. This funny thought came to my mind. What are the odds that we were poring over the same YouTube tutorials while we were oceans apart? This question made me note some of the things that Basma and I have in common. We are the same age, work in media, have the same hair texture and complexion. As for the things that we differ in, She's a Kenyan-Tanzanian Omani with a lot of history in Muscat. And while I call Muscat home now, I'm from a Belad background and unfortunately did not grow up with any cultural African ties. 
So it was a bit funny to me that we still received the same comments and reactions regarding our hair, and that we felt a similar pressure to present it a certain type of way. At any rate, I remember that the first time I got to see different types of black and curly hairstyles for women in person was when I went abroad. I think I was 16 or 17 at the time. And I was curious when Besma had that first in-person exposure, if she had it at all. First, it was my cousin, actually, who used to like, like to do protective hairstyle whenever she goes to uh, Zanzibar. Mm-hmm. But then she stopped. What I don't know it? why, okay. but she stopped. And whenever she comes back from Zanzibar, I would see like different patterns. Like, like it was like cornrows, but in a sh- different shape, you know? Like Fulani braids and then like the pat- like the hearts and... And the circles, the and, circles the, and the lines and okay. all of them. And it looked so good on her. But at that time, there were a lot of mindsets. Like, and not necessarily in the family, even in the community. Like, I know it's going to sound funny, but they'd be like, why do you look African? I'm like, I am. <laughs> I am African. What you saying? <laughs> you know, like, it's the most confusing question. So, when they, when, whenever my cousins come back, they're like, oh, just because they came back from a trip, but you're not going to leave the braids, you know? And I feel like when I started doing my hairstyles, it was like a, a new step. Hearing this was interesting because, again... Even though I came from a much smaller town, I got the same general comments about where and how I should wear my hair. Like Besma's cousin, as long as I was outside of Oman, it was fine to wear my hair curly. But once I'm here, well, that's a different story. I never knew what my hair even looked like in its curly state till I went abroad. It took me, quite literally, years to learn about my hair and be comfortable with it. So I was pretty determined not to let the pressure get to me, despite what anybody had to say about it. And Basma was determined to do the same. During her college years in Muscat, she continued to experiment with different hairstyles and went to all sorts of social functions wearing them. Here's one of the many stories she shared with me. I had like chunky locks before, mm-hmm. like in Eid al-Fatr, it was so funny. My grandmas were not ready for locks, but it looks good. Like, when they saw it, they're like, ooh, hair, why is it in this form? It's like, you come straight from East Africa. There's a variety of hair there. Mm -hmm. And now you're confused when you see your granddaughter. Come on, BB. Why do you think there's uh, there's this disconnect about hair? I don't know. I honestly, like, I, I wish I can know that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I asked my grandmas, it's because maybe they wear hijab. Mm-hmm. Like, from where my grandma's, uh, she's from. But she moved here, like, a long time ago. And the rest of my grandmas just leave their curls open. Like, some of them who don't wear hijab, mm-hmm. they just leave it open. So they don't really braid it and, like, you know, embrace that mm-hmm. side of them. This disconnect with curly or natural hair keeps on resurfacing throughout my conversation with Besma, and she's not the only one. Ever since I started caring for my own hair, I often contemplated this cultural disconnect. But initially, I thought it might as well be an isolated thought in my case. But the more I talk to people like Besma, the more this disconnect seemed to be a part of so many people's stories here in Amman. One thing that's clear and easy to articulate is, hair is a part of a general beauty standard. That pressure to have straight hair comes partly from that. The other thing that's more complex and harder to articulate is how it plays a role in our identity and heritage. 
Growing up, it was normal to hear someone being teased for being African, Belushi, Ajami, or what have you, because it meant you are less Arab or less Omani, which is, by the way, a ridiculous notion if you ask me. One of the conclusions I came to regarding curly hair is, maybe the pressure to hide its curly state was meant to assimilate into the general idea of what an Omani should look like. Again, that's another ridiculous notion, because Oman is a beautifully diverse country. There are so many different angles to think and dissect this topic through. And again, the more I talk to people here, the more they open up my mind about why we have our own unique attitudes towards hair, whether they're positive or negative. Though the reasons differ, the feelings, funny enough, seem to be universal. Some more memories came racing back to me when I asked Basma about the beginning of her journey. How did you feel at the time when you started your journey? Were you afraid of what you were about to do for any, for any reason? I was so scared. I was so scared because it was like a step because my hair was always something that meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. At that time, I, it was glorified way too much. Then These days, I don't glorify it as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, um, it was like a, my self-love and my hair care were intertwined. Like, two of them are important. Like, the more I take care of my hair, the more I loved myself. Okay. And everything I would apply to my hair, like being gentle, taking care of it, mm-hmm. I would be gentle with myself when mistakes happen or when I think negatively. You know, like, I would treat it in the same way mm-hmm. to myself. So, it was scary to just start that journey alone, especially. I had so many fights with my mom. Like, she would be like, don't wear your hair out like that. Mm. You look like you need to put it right. And I'm like, curly hair does not sit like straight hair. Mm -hmm. You need to leave it on on its own. And then, like, every argument we would have, and when I pull a look, she's like, oh, oh, like, exactly. (laughs) You need to believe in me, woman. (laughs) You look good. I can't say anything. I was like, that's you. And and I always Mm -hmm. amp up my mom. I'm like, that's you. You think I look good just like that? No, it's you. She's like, true. My genetics are really beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I really like how Besma redirected her conflict about hair with a positive energy. And I wish my younger self knew how to do that instead of withdrawing or just exploding whenever I got into a fight because of my hair. At any rate, this interview made me recall a lot of complicated feelings I had about my hair. Now that I'm on the other side of it, I can honestly say this. I felt everything from discomfort, embarrassment, to fear when I first started letting my hair be. Those feelings about my hair did contribute to a general feeling of alienness And I was worried that after moving back to Oman, that those feelings would come back multiplied. And I was pleasantly surprised that I didn't. I got more positive attention for my hair than I ever thought I would. And it tends to be a good conversation starter. Sure, our hair texture does make us stand out, but it no longer makes me feel alien or less at home. And it all seems to boil down to this. One, finding the right resources to maintain it, which is slowly but surely happening across Oman. And two, connecting with people about those shared experiences. In hindsight, I'm glad I can laugh about all the stress that used to possess me whenever I'd need a haircut.
On the Way Home is brought to you by Oman FM. This show is available for streaming on all podcast platforms. This episode was hosted and produced by me, Fatma Dinari, and you can follow me on Instagram at Fatma's Eyes, F A T E M A S Eyes. Sound engineered by Azamir Raisi, edited and mixed by Abdullah Al Thank you for listening. <laughs>